Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris, and I'm here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. I got, I got new music this time, and it is decidedly a little lower energy than normal. Um, but it just felt, it's it's like a, a warm summer night here. I was just feeling this a little bit more. Uh, wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I are talking everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you. Make sure that you subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast feed on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, this is the change here, one of some multiple uh, upcoming, but uh, we're dropping our new episodes every Monday morning from now on. That's kind of to accommodate for the coming football season. We want to get these episodes out uh, nice and timely after football games on Saturdays, since it's pretty clear that's going to be happening. Thank God. Um, so look out for the shows on Mondays now on the A to Z sports podcast feed. We've already mentioned it before. The podcast feed is changing soon also, uh, but more news on that soon. Um, so Mondays, find us there. A to Z sports podcast feed, iTunes, Spotify on social media at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z sports, facebook.com slash A to Z sports, Nashville and A to Z sports, Nashville.com to see all the stuff Zach writes on a daily basis. He's always pumping out that sweet sweet content uh and today's podcast is presented by tennessee tickets.com the place you should trust with any of your ticket purchases falls home and away games concerts at your favorite venues all with zero hidden fees at checkout unlike other sites and save ten dollars off every ticket purchase with promo code az10 az10 tennessee tickets.com zach a lot has happened uh since we talked on wednesday night and dropped the show on thursday um, since we're only, uh, only a few days past, uh, the last time we recorded, unlike our normal full week in between, uh, we thought we weren't going to have much to talk about, but the world looked at us and said, <laughs> here's some stuff to talk about. And they just poured it right out. Uh, we're, we're going to be talking about Tim Jordan. I got, got arrested, uh, Tennessee running back. We're going to discuss that, a, a commit, non-commit um, from a guy in the class of 2021, Trey Curry. We're going to get an update on that situation. Of course, we'll give you the update on the how are things coming along with college football because Texas announced that they're starting sports with spectators ASAP, and we'll discuss a little bit of that at the end of the show. But first, we have to talk about the news that has been dominating the world. Um, the and and what has happened uh, in terms of Tennessee and the coaches at Tennessee making a statement about it? These protests and and riots over the uh, the murder of George Floyd. And I want to be careful with the way that I, I word this. This is not going to be a political podcast. I don't want it to be. It never 
will be. You can go listen somewhere else if you want in-depth socio-political talk. Um, but I, I can't speak for you, Zach. But I would bet that we are on nearly the exact same page when I say, you know, we we completely disavow uh, the the unjust murder of an unarmed black man, uh, and we want equality and justice for everyone in this world. And we can start at a baseline there and then say um, Philip Fulmer and the coaches, all coaches at Tennessee, made a statement today, today being Sunday, about the situation and, and the riots over racial equality and everything else. It's, it, it runs deeper than that, but uh, there's, there's that much. And uh, they, they made a statement about it. That uh, well, I, I guess maybe I can throw it to you, Zach. Do you have the statement prepared uh, or have it there in terms of what some just some clips of what was said uh, in that statement? Yeah, it's it's pretty lengthy, and uh, and you can check it out on on Tennessee's website. But I think the really the last line is what spoke to me, and is what I've seen kind of quoted on Twitter of. You know, Vol Nation, let's rise to the challenge to meet a new standard. If you're going to support our black student athletes when they compete, please have the courage to support them and their families in their daily pursuit of peace, happiness, and equity. And I think that's kind of a resounding statement from Tennessee because, it, it, you know, there are a lot of fans, a lot of white fans that cheer on a lot of black athletes on, on Saturdays in the fall, and they count on them to to deliver a win for their team, their favorite team, whether it's Tennessee or Alabama or whoever they cheer for. And, and I think phrasing it that way was important for Tennessee to do. Yeah. I actually really like the way that they handled this. Uh, as you were saying their college sports in general involve a lot of young black men and women. And so obviously they are, feeling the tensions here. I've seen some college athletes are directly involved in some of these protests. I think it absolutely, absolutely behooves uh, athletic programs to comment on this because whether they like it or not, they are involved in this and they are involved in the way that young black men and women are represented in a huge way to the public in America and in East Tennessee, the public is a lot of, of white people also. And it's just, it is the, the way that it is. And so I, I say that to say, I think it was important that uh, Tennessee made this statement. And uh, I, I like the way that they did it specifically because they didn't break it up in between all of the different coaches. You didn't have, you know, you didn't have uh, Kelly Harper making a statement, Jeremy Pruitt making a statement, Philip Fulmer making a statement, you know, and potent, you know, you run the potential of one of those not coming out correctly, and you might have a controversy. They came together, had a unified message, and and it's one that's important. Whether whether you, I know it divides the fan base. I've been watching social media, and you can feel how however you want to feel about it. But I say, if Tennessee is going to handle this, and I feel like they they really needed to, I I, I personally really like the way they did it. I think it needed to be a unified message too. I think right now everybody kind of feels some pressure to put a statement out. And I feel like maybe there's some statements that are put out because they just had to do it. But 
these statements are important because these statements aren't necessarily speaking to fans. They're not speaking to boosters. They're speaking to the athletes and their families directly. And I think it's really important for families to know that their their children are going to a program that cares about them, that is going to have their back, um, that does stand with them in this fight. So I think the the message is more is the most important thing here, not how it gets out or or who says what, but just it's a unified message from the program, and and that's what Tennessee did. Yeah, and I and, and I don't want to spend too long on it. I don't want to dive into the minutia of oh they they do they stand with the the rioters or the you know this or that. I, I get into the the exact specifics again. Like I said, if if you want socio political talk, go listen to something else um but that and and even even i i personally i have very strong feelings about all of this personally and i if you follow me on social media i just generally speaking i keep most of that off of my persona as a as a public figure in sports talk i just don't i've never wanted to get political I don't like it in that scenario. I'll do it on Facebook with my personal friends where I can control who who sees it. I am politically active locally, uh, and the people that know me in that know that I do that. Um, but I don't, I just, I, that's a choice that I've made in my own life, and I'm not going to change it here. So we could we could get into all of that minutia, but I just don't want to. It's extremely polarizing, and I just, sports should be something that we can come together on. And in that spirit, I like the way that Tennessee handled this because I, I think they uh, they did it the right way if they have to do it. And so uh, there there's that much. Uh, that's kind of my my piece about it. Did you have anything else that you wanted to, to add if you if you got it, Zach? No, just that I back you up on the whole not getting political on Twitter thing um, because that, you know, opinions shift in the moment and you send the tweet out and it's it's there for everybody to see and there is no room for debate or tone anything. And it can go wrong a hundred different ways, even when you don't want it to. And it it, it ends up being a no win situation. Twitter could not be a worse place for quality political discourse. You have one, you have uh, if what 140 characters, that's not enough (laughs) to make a, a good point about the incredibly complicated politics in the United States and around the world. It's just not. Uh, and, and so I, I keep to myself, I keep, I, genuinely, I, I'm really private about, like I don't post even pictures of my family, my wife, anything. I, so it's not just politics, because I know there are some people that say, oh, you need to be public about your politics, whether people like it or not. No, I'm that way about a whole lot more than just politics. You don't need to know anything about me except what I want, what I want you to know. <laughs> Uh, you know, about my public persona. It just is, that's, if if you don't like it, then so be it. But uh, that's, that is what it is. Cause it's just, yeah, it gets so toxic so quickly talking about these sort of things that really divide people. And I, I, and somebody's going to get upset no matter what, no matter what. Exactly. People are going to be upset that we say that we, that we're not going to talk about it on it, that we're Mm -hmm. not going to go into it. And then there's going to be a whole set of people that say, yeah, you shouldn't. And then there's going to be a whole set of people that say, oh, you guys need to discuss it more. Well, here we are. That's we, we run this show and <laughs> that's what you're going to get. So um, there, there's that we, we wanted to handle that carefully, but we, I mean, we have to address it. It's a huge thing that the athletic department at, at Tennessee did. 
Um, and and that uh, that is that. Moving on to not much more t- cheery news. In fact, pretty bad news uh, for Tennessee football. Running back Tim Jordan got arrested on drug and gun charges, I believe, in the state of Florida this week. Um, Zach, you, you wrote about this over at A to Z SportsNashville.com. What exactly went down there? Well, he got arrested, uh, t- had 20 grand or less than 20 grams of, of marijuana and a concealed firearm that he didn't have a permit for, which carries a third degree felony charge apparently in Florida if he was to get charged or however the that works out with the legal system. So it's it, it can get pretty serious there um, shortly before 5 a.m. Saturday morning. You know, these things happen. I mean, it, it, every program in the nation goes through things like this and especially when your students or your athletes are spread all over the country in the middle of a pandemic it's hard to kind of keep up with what everybody's doing and it's just it's just part of life you got 18 to 22 year olds and sometimes decisions get made and it's part of having a football program nothing it is to tennessee it's all right it's the second arrest of of the offseason after Darrell middleton a couple months ago the and and that one has essentially any any talk about that has really Darrell Middleton's arrest has really kind of of gone away. It was handled internally. That was sort of the statement uh, from Pruitt. Um, what what has what if anything has come out from from Tennessee's athletic yeah, department? Yeah, they declined the comment initially, so I don't think they've even commented yet. Which I think is probably probably by design. I think if you remember the Jeremy Bank situation when that happened, they kind of jumped to handling it internally and then more information came out and they kind of it, Tennessee didn't really look great in that situation and it's unclear what they knew when they knew it all that that can be debated but I think they're kind of waiting together all the information before making any sort of comment which is wise to do yeah and and it's just sort of a situation where they'll make a comment when when they need to if if and when if practices uh, end up happening here before too long I'm certain this will come up and be discussed because Tim Jordan will be an integral part of this team he was this past year or should be if he, yeah, he's the third string running back yeah five seven carries a game probably I mean I mean he, hard, he hard runner games. Pruitt Pruitt definitely tested out different scenarios with the running backs last year and obviously Eric Gray really emerged at the yeah. end of the season and showed himself to be numero uno uh but tim tim jordan had some moments uh where he he showed that he he can be a dude and so tennessee's gonna want him out there yeah um he's he's, definitely i mean you 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 want that depth for sure it it is tough it it was uh looking at this article a carrying a concealed weapon uh which is a felony charge and then two misdemeanor drug charges um, that felony is it. that possible felony is what could really exactly. make discipline interesting there because the other we've seen drug charges happen before and usually I mean Jawan Jennings never set out a game I don't think when he had his I, a, a lot of that and I'm I'm 100 on board of this because I'm you know I'm a dude we all went to college you've people do that a lot of people do that it, it is not I'm not saying it's not against the law. It is, 
but if you didn't have a beer your freshman year of college, you're probably lying, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and so that, that sort of comes with the territory. The felony gun charge is where I, yeah, like you said, I think this could get hairy. It, I don't want to project and, and say that this is going to affect his season. Who genuinely, who knows? I would guess that it is another situation where they say we're going to handle it internally. And then whenever fall practice comes along, hopefully right on, you know, just on schedule as we hope it will. Um, then I, I would bet that we find out what Tim Jordan's fate is probably around that time. But I, I hate seeing this anytime this happens because you got kids who potentially have, have a really bright future, even as a third string running back, put your nose to the grindstone and, and like Eric Gray did last year, show yourself and, and really become a, a guy for Tennessee. Who knows? Everybody okay. on that football team could have pro potential. And if you get arrested like this, you're putting that at risk. And I don't, I hate that. Plus for, for Tennessee, we keep saying third string running back, but if an injury happens, I mean, he's suddenly one or two. And like you said, Pruitt kind of mixes and matches his, his running back some. And Jordan, I mean, his best game last year was against Alabama. Ran for 94 yards and averaged yep. over five yards a carry. I mean, he he's a talented kid for sure. He is, and I and I don't I don't want to see his career be derailed by something like this because of a, a stupid moment that he yeah, had. You know, once they get once they get to the NFL draft and sign in players, those teams look so hard at every little th- thing yep. and one little slip up and makes you go from a seventh round pick to undrafted. It, it can be one bad moment in your life that derails everything. And it derails everything at the age of, I mean, what what's Tim Jordan? 20, probably. Yeah. And things can just come off the rails, and that sucks. Because as I was saying before, kids are kids in, in college. Obviously, 20, you're an adult. You should be considered an adult at that age. You have the ability to think clearly. At the same time, you are still very young. Um and, and people make mistakes when they're young. People make mistakes when they're old, <laughs> much less when they're young. So uh, I I hate seeing it. This sucks. Hopefully it can be reconciled in, in some way and he can be punished adequately uh, and be given a second chance. But if Pruitt feels that that's, that's not uh, going to happen, then so be it. We shall see. But as yeah, of right now, we, we don't from have the- no- I think Pruitt kind of comes from that Saban line of thinking where kid you want to see kids get a second chance. If it was up to Pruitt, I feel like Banks would probably be back on the team already uh, just because uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's worked hard to try to change his perception. And uh, I think this will kind of be a similar situation where Pruitt will push to, to give Jordan a second chance depending on the outcome of the charges. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, ev- everybody gets a good outcome. Hopefully, Tim Tim learns his lesson. Only let this happen once, meaning you you learn from it, you move forward, you don't do it again, and and just be, become better for it. Be be a Jawan Jennings. Make your mistake and become genuinely better for it, and move on to great things. Uh, that's what I love to see when you talk about you know getting a second chance. Please do that, uh, but. We're just going to have to to wait, and we'll find out exactly how that plays out. Now, you did say Tim Jordan's best game last year was against Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, now this is a little more fun. Uh, Coach Duggs, 
right now, as we're recording this, is in the fourth quarter against Alabama on the live stream with Big Cat at Barstool. Who is? Do you have a, a current update? What is... Uh, I, I don't see a score or anything. It's and then 21-14 I... Tennessee, but Alabama Ooh. appears to be driving. Alabama on the move. He had a 14 to nothing lead when we first started. I don't oh, know. Boy. Usually if he gets up two scores, he's okay. But Trying trying to keep uh, the streak alive, I believe Coach Doug's 8-0, 9-0. They're number something. six in the country. So. Yeah, pulling together a really nice record. He He ran over... I think since we talked last, Auburn and South Carolina both got beat. So good things happening on that front, unless he blows it here to Alabama, in which case we're going to have to call for the firing of Coach Doug's. He's got to go. Hey, you know, yeah. he, there's no losing to Alabama here. That can't be done at Tennessee. <laughs> if, oh. if they win this game, is this count? Is this streak over? Can we celebrate <laughs> that? Is the yes. do we hang the banner? I will, I will be lighting a cigar at my house. I know that much. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, I hope he has a victory cigar if he does win. He he better if he has if he has bought in fully, big he, cat. To, he was reading to the, the maximum. Oh, see now that's a huge start right there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you've bought in completely to the Tennessee mythos, yeah, I mean you got you got to have that victory cigar because you even have when Alabama beats Tennessee, you got the students in the stands, even though they're not allowed to. They like they even let Butch Jones uh, have a cigar. The intern. God, don't give the intern a cigar. What a loser. That's uh, the one of the most haunting pictures, seeing him with that cigar the first year after he got fired from Tennessee. See, the only way that he would ever yeah, oh win yeah. that matchup <laughs> would be as an intern. And he is still an intern. Or I guess he's is he a, he's assistant to the head coach, uh, I believe, yeah. is his official title there now. Nick Saban has shoes. done him. Nick Saban has done him no favors in in public discussing him. Good. I mean, um, the day he taught him an intern, I think it was at, at Media Days or or something a couple of years ago. I mean, that Vol Twitter just had a field day with that one. Still one of my. That's if Saban has ever done anything right, it was that. Butch is forever, forever the in, intern, and he can screw off. Oh, the. I think Alabama just scored a touchdown. I turned on the live stream here. Oh, he didn't. Yeah, they Doug's did. about to blow it, I think. Dang it. Yeah, they oh they did they come up short, but they got the first down. So it's first and goal with like the oh, okay. half so yard can, line. Should we narrate here? Just kind of stop. <laughs> so it's it's first and goal. And Alabama scored a touchdown. Tied at twenty one. Well, maybe. I guess they could go for two. Although the computer's not gonna go for two. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, blew it. OT coming, maybe. I don't know. Well, two in. I guess two two minutes and forty four seconds left in that game. Oh yeah, in he scored game. like thirty seconds against Florida. Exactly. That, but that's he might leave time. too much time. Yeah, like literally. Alabama's you, got all three timeouts. Yeah, you could score really quickly, and then Alabama could come come right back. Hail Mary to tie the game to go to overtime would be very Tennessee. Well, we could we could live talk through all of that, but uh, we we'll will. Back. Yes, we'll we'll come back and, and have an update before this is over. It should be over before we're done here. Um, but Trey Curry is a recruit in the class of twenty twenty one who, for a short time, it was announced that he had committed to Tennessee. He's a wide receiver from Tennessee, from Cleveland, about an hour south of where I'm at currently in Knoxville. 
Um, but then out of nowhere, he's suddenly not committed to Tennessee. Do you know what happened here? Apparently, he did not have a committable offer, which, I mean, I've been writing about college football for a long time now, and I still don't understand how you send out hundreds of offers to kids every year, but not all of them are committable. I, it just, I know the point of it, but it still doesn't make sense to me. But his offer was not one that was committable. And uh, he, I don't think he understood that from Tennessee's end, which I can get if you're a high school athlete, you get an offer from a school. It's kind of confusing. It's like I have an offer, but I can't commit. Like it, it doesn't, it's hard to grasp, especially for a high school student. It's hard to grasp for me. So he took the graphic down that, that said he had committed since then. That has to suck if that is just the straightforward case where kind of he said he was committed and then maybe the tennessee's coaches called him and said "Mm," you know i I don't know that that's what happened that is i i don't that very well may not have happened yeah it could have been through his hospital coach i mean there's exactly numerous ways that these things you handle however he found out but that has got to suck that you sometimes they don't even get an offer from the on-field coach either i mean they get offers from support staff I mean, it's, it's complicated. So I, this was actually something when I was doing a radio show with Jason Swain, former Tennessee wide receiver, did a radio show with him for a couple of years. Um, this was something that we talked about a lot, and he was at, at the time pretty passionate about. I assume he probably still feels similar, and I don't want to put any words in his mouth. But, of course, he went through the recruitment process uh, and and ended up going to Tennessee. He was an all all American coming out of high school and had, you know, every offer in the book. So he has some expertise on it that I certainly don't. Um, and this, I, I think it was something that, that bothered him and it kind of informed my opinion on it to a certain extent. I, I don't like that. That is something that happens, but it is almost just the nature of the beast, especially when you are in Tennessee's position where you kind of need to just be in on everybody in some sense. I mean, they just throw out so many offers. And it's, I think to a certain extent, it is just so they cover all their bases to make sure that they don't get, somebody gets the upper hand on them when they could have been in on a kid, especially a guy that's an hour down the road uh, like like Trey Curry is. Um, and so it, that stinks for that guy, for, for that for that player. Hopefully they get what whatever worked out. Maybe he he ends up being able to commit to Tennessee. I guess. Yeah, he's a good player. That yeah, it seems like it. If he um, if he if he was in the commit list right now, he would be the third highest rated three star player for Tennessee. Yeah. So he'd be one of the higher in three stars. And I don't know how fast he is because I don't have any any numbers on him. But he's six four two ten, so he's a a big target. If you're close to being a four-star, I think you got some speed, some athleticism. I think he might even be listed as an athlete on some other websites, but it seems like he'd be a wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a kid that Tennessee's interested in. They just don't want to take that commit now. Well, Tennessee, Which, if you think about it, the offers, commits, they really don't mean anything until you sign. So Yeah, and they Tennessee has limited space. Uh, at at the moment in their recruiting class, I mean you're, they're almost right up at the limit. So um, 
you, you know, they, they gotta be watching out for the space that they have. It's just nothing. They need to clear some space anyway, because they're in on some four and five star guys. Yeah. And, and that, this is one that we've already talked about with the crazy recruiting Tennessee has done in, in, in the last few weeks. It's one of the necessary evils of getting good players. Well, sometimes you get players who aren't as good and get kind of pushed to the bottom of the recruiting class. And sometimes they're in, encouraged to find other options. <laughs> I guess you could put it that way. Uh, and then they, you know, you, you give that recruit a chance to say, Hey, I'm, I'm decommitting. I'm going to take my, I've, I've decided yeah. to talk with my family and decided to take my talents elsewhere. That's sometimes kinda, that's totally legitimate. And then sometimes yeah, it is. Sometimes, you know, it, yeah, it's gotta be a delicate, is, uh, especially with in-state local kids like this too, because you don't want to mess that relationship up with the local high schools or even a school out of state that you recruit a lot. Like some of the areas in Georgia that, that Tennessee's had success. Yeah. Well here. Okay. So we can, let's put a, a pause on that. 44 seconds left. Big yeah, they, they, he went three and out, and then oh, cool. Alabama got the ball, and they went three and out, so he's got a chance here. Okay, this is it. 40, 42 seconds left now. Quarterback drops back, throws to his right. The wide receiver drops the ball. Can I, can I get a little John Ward going here? <laughs> uh, I hope you have uh, an opportunity for a touchdown call here. I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ever do anything like John Ward, though. The man painted a picture, a beautiful picture. I, and also, I don't know any of these guys' names, so I'm like, uh, Presley yeah. quarterback. I know that because he, the name is right there. Rolls out, rolling out, rolling out, rolling out, and throws for negative three yards on the reception. <laughs> Very Tennessee. Third and thirteen uh, from the thirty-one yard line. Thirty seconds remaining in the game. Uh, looks like he used his timeout there because he threw the ball for negative three yards. What an idiot. Um, I don't know if this guy's very good at this football game, um, at this video game. It, uh, quarterback drops back. Thirty seconds left. My my fr- uh, my stream froze. I don't know what happened. Uh, mine's slightly mine froze too. Oh, I think he got sacked. Yeah, he got sacked for ten yards. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got a punt now, man. Sheesh. Looks like that, overtime. That well, has got two. I yeah exactly. Twenty six so seconds they left. A, and... All they need is a field goal. Oh, this is a terrible, terrible but punt. What an awful punt. If this video game punt. is realistic, Alabama and field goals don't go together well at all. That's true. Run run back that last second field goal attempt. But I, So two timeouts left for Alabama, 22 seconds left. Ooh, I don't like it. They're starting at yeah, their need own to, 45. One completion to get in range here. Exactly. And, I mean, you can crack off. A whole bunch of yards easily. This isn't, you know, it's not real life. 19 seconds left, second and five from the 40, from their own four. I mean, they're well within hell. This wouldn't even be, this wouldn't be considered a Hail Mary, really, if you made, if you threw a touchdown here, it would just be a touchdown pass. This, just feel like a post route. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. Uh, All right, Alabama quarterback. Oh, the Alabama quarterback has a star. That's bad news. That means he's really good, right? I believe so. I used to I used to play this game all the time, but then I sold my PS3. RIP. If only they would bring it back. Do you think that this is good podcasting that we're doing right now? I Just think it's... Uh... <laughs> he was out of bounds. He was out of bounds. Ba- oh, okay. So the clock ran out. It's going to OT. 
Why did they? Oh, that was terrible. Terrible decision making by Alabama there. Sheesh. Yeah, that was very unsaving. Clearly, Saban is not the coach in this universe. They've let Butch Jones take over at this point. <laughs> Butch. <laughs> Saban finally stepped down and he gave the program to Butch Jones. Dabo's when he said no. Pruis said no. What if it comes? Because I know we talked about that, but what if it. And I, and I think I said at the end of that podcast with Saban and Pruitt that I feel like Saban will leave it to somebody to take over. And what if Butch Jones gets on staff eventually as an offensive coordinator? Just something crazy happens. There's an opening. They don't have a choice. I mean, I just hope in some crazy turn of events that Butch Jones gets to take over at Alabama one day. It would be the only – it would be such poetry if that were to happen. See, I just want, I want Butch back in the SEC as a head coach, and I want him so badly. Like, Alabama would be hilarious just because Alabama fans would burn the place to the ground. Oh, Vanderbilt would be. Butch was hired. Exactly. I want him to go to Vandy and or Kentucky, a school where Tennessee historically can just kind of beat their head in, or in the case of Kentucky, beat them extremely narrowly in the most heartbreaking ways possible, but you'd basically never lose to them, uh, except when they literally have their best year in the history of Kentucky football. Well, no, because even even when they had the best year yeah, in the history of Kentucky long, football, yeah. Tennessee beat them. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I just want to see Bush Jones go to one of those, because like, I, you know, I don't like Kiffin at Ole Miss. That's, a, that's not a good setup if, if we have to play Kiffin again. You know, I want to be able to beat the former coaches. This I is, think I think Pruitt though can beat can beat Ole Miss if Kiffin because I, I, Pruitt's just better suited for the SEC. I think than Kiffin. Kiffin's going to recruit well. He's going to have a good offense, but I mean it will be tough. But uh, it well they play they play a lot of recruiting games down there in uh, in Mississippi, and so it's really <laughs> the perfect the perfect environment. For Kiffin, for frankly, exactly. <laughs> it is really his wheelhouse, but maybe the NCAA is breathing down down their neck. Um, oof, this is where I get the feeling he's about to lose. So, I had that feeling a few minutes ago, so I'm surprised oh, even in overtime. I mean, I had that feeling when he was playing Florida. He ended up winning. So, okay, OT, Alabama scored a touchdown. Alabama got the ball first. Now Tennessee gets the ball. If he scores a touchdown here, you got to go for two. That's not even like if you don't go for two, you're why even play a video game? That's dumb. No extra points. So you would Mike Rabel it here? Oh and- yeah. <laughs> See, I I am very much I I separate from a lot of football fans there. I love that Vrabel has been absolutely gutsy in some scenarios. Just you know, absolutely balls to the wall. I love that because, first of all, it just makes games more fun. But then beyond that, I honestly think it is the correct football strategy. I do, too. And I think, well, isn't there that high school coach in Arkansas? Is it Arkansas that never punts? Oh, I don't know. And it's the the analytics (laughs) that led him to that, that he they have more opportunities to score points if they don't punt. And it works for him. I... I got to look that up because that's awesome. That's how I would be as a high school coach. Uh, So he scored. Okay. Big cat scored a touchdown. He has to decide to go for two. I'm looking at the comments. Literally everybody is saying, go for two, go for two, go for two. (laughs) 
You gotta go. You gotta go. Nobody in in this scenario, nobody faults you for not, or nobody faults you for going for two and missing it. At least you went for it, you know? You go for the win, you go for the throat, take their knees out. So if this was real life, if, if this is 2020 Tennessee, Alabama, and this is the scenario, you won't prove it to go for two here? Personally, yes. Yes. Ab- absolutely. Is it the sensible thing in a real game to just go for one? Yes. I think I agree with you because I think, especially against Alabama, the longer the game goes, the more exactly. in Alabama's favor it is. It's it's the Chris Peterson at Boise State yes. strategy because you, you know, in the, in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, Chris Peterson said, man, we're not going to get this chance again. They're run, you know, they have more stamina. They have better players. We got to go for two. Oh, here it comes. He scored. Oh, Tennessee wins. Tennessee wins, wins in Tuscaloosa, 29-28. He went for two. Beautiful. Wow, what terrible defense. Terrible defense by Alabama. Just left a man wide open. Man, if oh, he has this he had the cigar. He had it ready. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. Legendary coach Duggs. We don't have to fire him. <laughs> he I mean, he's went down in in lore. Now he'll forever be a a Tennessee guy first. At this point. First year coach coming in nine and zero through the Alabama game. You beat you beat Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, and Auburn. You've taken over the state of Alabama. Beat Florida. I mean, Doug's Doug's is the legend. You got to think. So Alabama was number nine. They're gonna move up. I I what Tennessee will probably be like number three after this game. Oh, and it was a... an ESPN Instant Classic. <laughs> I loved that video game. It had I loved those features. It had. Uh, it had call it like a college game day thing before every game where we oh, yeah. talks and welcome. Oh, to- I know this just made me miss it too. I mean, I would so be playing it right now. Yeah. Hey, NCAA. How about you let players profit off their likeness so we can get a freaking video game. They're going to have to, to make up for all the lost money at this point. This would do it. This is it. Well, this is your that way. Was a- that was another thing that happened this week. I didn't even think to talk about this. It happened after we did our show. All of the uh, Power 5 ADs came together and wrote a coordinated letter to Congress to have Congress make a law superseding state law on uh, name image likeness rules for the NCAA. Did you see this? No, I did not. Yeah. They wrote this letter, um, and I liked. I, I saw somebody tweet about it, and they said, how bad do you have to be at your job to have someone want Congress to make the rules instead of you? I mean, that's <laughs> like, very own brand. I, I mean, the, the NCAA is just the worst. There are a bunch of dullards over there dragging their feet. We already we talked about it a couple weeks ago about all, you know, oh, we're going we're gonna to pass the where you can profit off your likeness, but not really. They're not really doing that. But uh, I, they I don't... are they. The NCAA is not going for two. They are extending it exactly by themselves time, and they're not going to win. So they might want to well go get it over with. They're just trying to. They're delaying the inevitable. They want to go. They like in this scenario. 
they are Boise State, and the rest of college football is Oklahoma. They're more powerful, better. They have more resources, uh, and the NCAA is going to end up losing big time because they just want to drag it out. They don't want to go for two like they should, get it over with. And as a result, we can't have a good video game. Oh, Tennessee moved up to number two. Big time. Who's number one? Is it Ohio State? Is that still? Number 11, it just said. And what I was watching, Ohio State was number uh, maybe I was Virginia Tech. Oh, that's right. Virginia Tech was up there. And see, that would that have still been Very late ball? 90s feeling. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, there's... Okay, he's going to the top 25. So you got Notre Virginia Dame Tech at one. At Notre Dame at three. Navy. Navy at four. Now, that's a little more realistic to current times, but... Miami uh, in there, though. That does feel late 90s. Virginia, T- Tennessee, and Miami up there. Man, that's that's an odd Nebraska in the top 10. God, Dugs, what a legend. Well, anywho, so that happened. That was fun, and then we went over... I, I, I love discussing that like my total bluff for aggressive football because sometimes it absolutely bites you in the butt and it is stupid but i stand by it oh butch jones has I, proved that not being aggressive will cost you exactly. a game against oklahoma florida multiple games so go for it that is my my forever philosophy <laughs> the 2014 <laughs> florida game is the most frustrating to me because they had that game they dominated Florida that game. Don't I don't I don't even want to talk about it. That is that that in the 2015 Oklahoma game. Yeah. I will never, never, never forgive Butch Jones. He doesn't deserve it. He I don't ever want him to think happy thoughts about Tennessee football because of that. Like I don't even want him to recollect and be like. I liked that player that was on my team. No, you don't get to think happy thoughts about Tennessee, Butch. You ruined it. And it's you know he does. Fault. That's the that's the frustrating part is you know that in his mind he did a lot for Tennessee. These oh yeah, well, he said it himself. Some of the best years in the past twenty years of Tennessee football. I mean that, that quote stayed with him through most of twenty seventeen. When I tell you, I I just took off I took off my glasses because it's about to get serious. <laughs> when I tell you that going to his press conferences when things were coming to an end and everybody knew this was about to be it it was so annoying and i you know i was supposed to be you're you're a reporter and i tried to keep it tried to keep it neutral as much as you can literally you get in trouble if you don't like you're not allowed you they don't give you press credential if you act like you're you can't cheer in the press box. You can't wear orange. You know, you have to be. An Unless you're an Auburn fan or Auburn media relations and those people cheer in the press box, <laughs> exactly. I swear. But that's beside the point. Or or at a Kentucky basketball or, game yeah, where at, at, at Rupp Arena, I was sitting. I had an empty seat beside me and a security guard came down and sat beside me and cheered the entire game uh, in Rupp Arena on press row. So I literally had a Kentucky fan on press row. I have seen Tennessee, uh, like, uh, they were people I didn't even know from small newspapers or something, and they had, like, a Tennessee hat on or something in the press box, and that was always, I mean, nothing ever got said to them, but everybody just kind of looked at them like, who is this guy? That is very, that's really weird. Uh, I'm surprised that they allowed that, but it, 
to what I was saying before, it was just so, so annoying. I mean, I, you know, grew up in, grew up in Knoxville, went to Tennessee twice. I mean, I'm, I'm a Tennessee dude. And to watch Butch Jones just stand up there like a complete idiot and gaslight everybody. The, we had two nine win seasons for the first time since, you know. Those Ugh. press conferences got out of hand quickly. It still makes me angry. Yeah. And oh, he was, yeah. It was such a sinking ship, and everybody knew it, and it was just cringeworthy. There was just – I almost I almost felt bad for his family, I guess. I felt bad for his family for sure, but I almost felt bad for him because it was like he, he has no self-awareness to even realize how that, he looks in this moment. Yes. That was the worst part. It was the part where – Everybody looked around and went, boy, he's really screwing this up. And he would come in and act like he wasn't. It was that. It was the, like I said, kind of the gaslighting of him just standing up there, making all these excuses, acting like this, you know, they had the great 16 season and then they lost a Vandy and couldn't go to the Sugar Bowl. We're supposed to stand around and act like that was okay and just be like, oh, well, at least we won nine games shoot me in the face that was so i like i said i still i'm still angry about it now that now that i'm like a neutral i have a different i have a day job (laughs) and i can say these things dude i oh man i was fuming but anywho that's in the past jerry pruitt is here now Uh, and maybe he'll uh play in front of fans this year maybe and we can we can end with this we're coming up on time anyway um the state of Texas announced this week that I believe starting G- maybe just June 1st, maybe this coming week or maybe next week, sometime in the month of June, they are allowing spectator sports again. I even saw in the state of Tennessee, and you can take this however you want because this is not a big crowd, but it is a crowd still. Um, I really like comedian Nate Bargatze. He lives in Nashville, and he's I know he's pretty famous. So he has a special on Netflix, and he's you know around. Um, he was doing comedy shows at a club in downtown Nashville this week. Uh, they were had, they had people back in. It was limited capacity, social distance, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you have, I mean, you got stand up comedians coming back. You got the, um, the state of Texas allowing spectators at sporting events. Again, it is, I, I believe it is, uh, capacity limited still, but Hey, it is still people coming to a game we still have you know the the cases in tennessee are still good there hasn't been a spike the hospitalizations are still fine like things are things are looking up folks and i even saw this is getting in the weeds on the virus um but i even saw this week an italian doctor he said that his his observation was that possibly the virus was uh getting weaker he said that he was seeing uh weaker viral loads in patients when he saw them compared to what they were at the beginning of uh the pandemic suggesting that perhaps the virus is uh is losing its potency so hopefully that's that's the case it is one one anecdotal example but you know maybe this thing wipes itself out i don't know i'm not a epidemiologist or a doctor or of any sort but i did find that very interesting i mean that was on like bloomberg and reuters and stuff it was on official news sites so Hey, maybe things Cert- are really looking certainly, up. certainly from where we were a month ago, 
looking, talking about having the same conversation and not knowing if there would even be games without fans. And now, you know, it's looking like, hey, they're going to play, at least the Power Five conferences. Um, And then we know that, like, Texas has some fans, and that's probably just the first domino to fall. You're going to see probably more schools make those similar announcements. I don't know how many, but that's typically how that goes. Somebody has to be first. So who knows a month from now, maybe we're talking about 50% capacity. I, I still don't think it's going to be a hundred percent capacity this fall. That just seems too much of a stretch. It does. As of right now, I don't see that happening just because the, the talk about the capacity of limited crowds has been very certain, I guess where they are really making these plans right now. And, and you have to, to make these plans work, you have to start planning now. Oh yeah. You know, they have to, they can't be thinking like we are, where we're just like, Oh, well we'll see what it's like down yeah. the road. No, they got to prepare to yeah, have a you stadium. Can cancel, you can cancel a season overnight, but you can't prepare, like pre- plan exactly. to have a season overnight with all these precautions that have to be in place. I mean, you saw with the restaurants opening back up over the country. I mean, they were, a day, a weekend's not soon enough for them to have everything in order to open up safely for some restaurants. So imagine a football stadium, how, how many different points of entry and points of contact you have. Yeah, and, and to set up, well, I'm, I'm trying to imagine even what it would be to set up the the things to help with sanitation. And you can have social distancing and spread people out and have to plan for that that's its its own deal but also things like how how do you get ushers because this is one that i think of right off the top a lot of the ushers that i know of are are old are particularly like you know seniors who are Mm -hmm. probably retired and just do it so that they can get a, a free ticket to the game or whatever that involves um and are those people do you want them at the front door getting breathed on and coming into contact with everybody that comes into the building? You have to think about things like that and making all of these contingency plans. Uh, and that has to start right now. So that that's why I think, you know, the planning is happening at this moment, even if we personally do not know what it's going to be like. They're planning now. And I think the plans, if they're planning it right now, I think they have to involve certain steps to mitigate this virus and that is probably going to be limited capacity but we'll yeah. see yeah i don't see any way around it but hey it's better than no fans and it's better than no football at least it's something and i think after no sports for this is almost three months will be coming up on soon i mean this is I mean, this is everything we could ask for at this point we'll take anything and it's kind of funny to think about you know, in early March, LeBron James talking about he would not play in front of no fans. And now, yeah, that's fine. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it at, at this point. And I, I am excited. Uh, well, the NBA, be, I think the NBA made an announcement since. Or, or a report. Disney, right? I yeah, mean, but it's not till the July 31st. That's so late. That's Why are they dragging their feet like that? Like, just... How you have, you're going to have, you need a few think, weeks. Bo- I get in, you know, in, in terms of sports that are comparable to pro sports here in the, U- the UK and Europe, uh, 
You're going to have Bundesliga. You're going to have Italian soccer back. I saw that. Italian soccer is going to yeah. be back in Italy. And Premier League is just coming back and soon, Premier right? Yeah. yeah, I think they're, they're all going to be back in June. And the NBA can't figure it out. Come on, man. And MLB can't figure it out. Yeah. Oh, especially the MLB. But and but I I am encouraged. Golf starts, I believe, June eleventh. Coming back around, that's going to be great. The PGA Tour will be back, and the match with Phil and Tiger was a nice, was a really really fun kind of entree into how sports without crowds might be. Um. So that's going to be coming back. You have the NHL is definitely happening. The NHL itself has been tweeting about their playoff matchups. So if the official NHL counts are doing it, I'm pretty certain it's going to happen, even if they haven't announced an exact date yet. Um, so sometime soon, real sports. Well, I, UFC is real sports. And NASCAR. NASCAR is back, I guess. I get NASCAR. I, I I enjoy NASCAR. I'm a huge car guy. Is NASCAR? It is a sport. It is a sport because the the guys that do it are extremely skilled. I mean, to be, you don't necessarily have to be in absolute peak physical condition, but you have to be in in peak physical, I guess, focus form <laughs> to be to be a driver. It's an incredibly yeah. difficult sport. It's not. Uh, you know, something, something that's easy to master. Oh, I drive a car. I could be a NASCAR driver. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. <laughs> you, it's, it, it takes a ton of skill, uh, a lifelong stint of being a driver to be that great at it. Um, so e- even though there is not, you know, running, jumping, swinging a golf club or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a sport. I just, I'm more of an F1 guy. Have you watched dude, the F1 Netflix no. series? Watch it. It's so good, so very good. You'll you'll come out of it an F one fan. Well, I'm, I'm starting to run low on Netflix options as it is at this point. There you go. The, and what's uh, kind of dep- depressing about this Netflix or any show that we consume is once we're through this pandemic, it's probably going to be a while before we have any content because everything's been shut down, so there won't be anything fresh coming up. Yeah. That's true. At some point, we're going to run out of movies. <laughs> it's weird to think about, but it is true. I thought crossed my mind this week, and uh, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of depressing to think about. We're just going to have coronavirus news specials. That's all that's getting pumped out now. <laughs> Good times. Well, I think I think that's it. As crazy as the world is uh, right now, I I hope that we can still kind of be a respite here with with sports. Um, even if we, you know, I think it was our obligation to discuss what happened today. Um, so there's that, that's the show. Any, any parting thoughts, Zach, before we head out of here for another week in this nutso world we're living in? I guess the fifth Sunday in May is now a thing with Tennessee and Alabama. So maybe, maybe Tennessee can keep that streak rolling, start a streak of their own. He's had even... Even in just the short time that Doug, Doug's has been the coach, he has had some real classic games. The Florida game, this uh, this Alabama game. The, these are games that if they happen in real life would go down in, in Tennessee lore forever. So, well, Just think about all the ways Tennessee's lost in the last 10 years. And if half of those games had went in Tennessee's favor, how many classic 
games we'd have to look back on and, and talk about. I know. Pretty much we only have the Florida <sighs> and Georgia games and Georgia. maybe the Georgia 2015-16 and then Florida in 2016. And the Indiana game maybe, but do you really celebrate Indiana that much? That is, that's one that's funny that I don't necessarily think about because it wasn't your typical like, oh, we beat this SEC team that's a perennial rival. It was weird being like a bowl game against Indiana. And even though and I thought absolutely that would be classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I had actually for that game, I had gone to a bar to watch it with some friends and I had left. I just been like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go watch. I it wrote. Home. I'd almost finished a column about Tennessee losing. <laughs> I think everybody had who, who yeah, wrote about the team. <laughs> but messaging I, Austin and, and Zach, uh, you just had to it. rewrite it. <laughs> oh yeah, I had to scrap the whole thing. I mean, it changed the whole. There was I mean, nothing been, I could use. I, I think there was a. There could have been a real narrative of oh tennessee ruined its momentum you know that you had won five in a row and this just you blew it sky high that's kind of what i was going with i think yeah yeah it kills the momentum but it don't let it take away from the whole season and as you know nothing crazy unique there but then they they pulled it out and that's that's all that matters but i had yeah i had been uh, at a bar and i was just like nah i'm just gonna go watch it at the house we're, we're out of here. It's getting late. And I did. I mean, I got home in with plenty of time to be able to watch the end, obviously. But uh, yeah, I had I had a moment even where I was like, screw this, man. I'm not enough with these wings. I'm just going to go home and cry. And then, hey, Tennessee won. So <laughs> here Perfectly we are. Three times on side kick. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now that is it that's that's all for this version of the show again so come coming back to this and i i actually have an update from uh from the the beginning of the show um to for this episode we are going to be i had our our overlords handed down our directions during the show um we're gonna be on two podcast feeds for this one but moving to the second one I will put it on on my Twitter and Zach. I'll you you do too. We'll kind of coordinate here about the the podcast feed, maybe um, about the podcast feed that this is going to be on more permanently. That's the link that we can tweet out. Well, I'll put it that way. The link that you click on to listen to this podcast will be the new feed. Is that does that work? I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, and it's going to be on Mondays now. That's a given because if you're listening to this, it came out on a Monday. So <laughs> there's that. There's there's all of the updates. Um, new feed, new day, uh, another solid podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. This has been the Big Orange Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. See you guys later.